Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. And the House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy is turning up the volume in its opposition to the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill, attending a Senate GOP luncheon where he made his case against the bill. But where is some of this money actually going? Justin Goodman is a senior vice president at the White Coat Waste Project, and we're happy to have him on to discuss. Justin Goodman, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Justin, this omnibus bill is garnering a lot of attention. Uh, your team has been digging into the details with concerns over where a lot of this American taxpayer money is going, specifically when it comes to China. And you've actually had some success in removing some of this funding. Um, if you could, tell us what you've discovered. Uh, yeah, back in April 2020, we were the first organization to expose how funding from the National Institutes of Health and other U.S. agencies was being funneled to the Wuhan Institute of Virology for these dangerous gain-of-function experiments on bat coronaviruses that uh, most people believe, most Americans, Democrats, Republicans, and independents alike believe caused the, the COVID pandemic. Um, we have now been working with Congress for almost three years to cut funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology and for other organizations, uh, laboratories in China that are run by the CCP. Um, we have had some success cutting off some of the grants, but unfortunately, the Wuhan Institute of Virology has remained eligible for more taxpayer funding, despite being the uh, presumably being the culprit. Uh, of this pandemic that's caused close to 7 million people. So we've been working to defund the Wuhan Institute of Virology and it have actually uh, put together a diverse coalition of organizations, uh, Taxpayers Protection Alliance, Freedom Works, American Conservative Union, People for Liberty, Free the People, and Advancing Law for Animals just sent a letter to congressional leadership calling on them to cut funding for Wuhan Institute of Virology and the 30 plus other laboratories located in Russia and China uh, that are still authorized to receive taxpayer funding, despite them being foreign adversaries that don't have our best interests in mind. This is honestly just a little bit unfathomable to me. So you're saying it's true that three years out from the pandemic, American taxpayer funds are still being sent to the Wuhan Institute of Virology? So the Wuhan Institute of Virology is still eligible to receive taxpayer funds from the NIH and other agencies. Uh, just finally, a couple months ago, the NIH officially ended the grant that was funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So until recently, they were essentially uh, actively involved in NIH grants. The organization, the U.S. organization that was funneling the money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, EcoHealth Alliance, uh, and lied to Congress about it, has obstructed investigations into COVID origins, repeatedly broken a law, has received tens of millions of dollars in additional funding since the pandemic began, despite its role, again, in caught, potentially causing and covering up the origins of the pandemic. Now, thankfully, the omnibus that is being considered by Congress right now does include language that prevents certain funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology and certain funding for EcoHealth's work in China. So Congress, thankfully, is beginning to crack down on funding for dangerous animal experiments in China. However, there are loopholes uh, that still allow taxpayer funding to flow there pretty freely. Now, just out of curiosity in your efforts to, uh, you know, reach out to Congress, um, has this been uh, bipartisan in terms of showing interest in what you have to say? Um, it's been imbalanced, but it has been bipartisan. And we were very thankful in this year's uh, 
NIH funding bill earlier this year, we were able to get bipartisan cooperation to include a measure that would cut funding for all labs in foreign adversary nations like China and Russia. However, that uh, particular language, that full ban on funding for these foreign labs did not make it into the omnibus, uh, but a version of that that cuts off some funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology specifically was included. So we are uh, pleased that this is being addressed by Congress, and they are starting to hold these agencies and these you know, rogue organizations accountable, uh, but more needs to be done, and we really need to see some bipartisan cooperation to make sure taxpayers aren't funding animal laboratories that can cause pandemics and kill millions of people. Justin Goodman, really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. And we had a chance to speak with Florida Congressman Matt Gates. The congressman told us his key takeaways from the midterm elections, the prospects of the next Congress, and the still being sifted explosive Twitter files. Congressman Matt Gates, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, good to be here with you, Steve. Congressman, uh, midterms, do you think that the uh, red wave came? Well, I think we underperformed. And you know, in sports, if a coach loses the games they're supposed to win, they usually get fired. In business, if the CEO vastly misses projected earnings, the board replaces them. But in politics, for some reason, Republicans think that a leader who doesn't quite get you there ought to be promoted or keep their job. I don't share that view. It's one of the reasons why I'm not voting for Kevin McCarthy for speaker, because I think we made strategic and tactical errors that resulted in less of a red wave than our voters and our country deserved. What would you have liked to have seen uh, be done differently? Well, I think that Kevin McCarthy spending millions of dollars in Republican primaries, especially that were late in the cycle, ended up really hurting some of our candidates. Let me give you two examples. In New Hampshire, you had Caroline Levitt as the Republican nominee, but Kevin McCarthy had spent a lot of money against her in her primary, and so it was harder for her with a September primary to coalesce the Republicans and get over the finish line. She lost a very close race. Look at Washington's third district, where Joe Kent was opposed by Kevin McCarthy. Millions of dollars of special interest and lobbyist money smeared Joe. He had an August primary, which is late, and then fell just, just short of defeating the Democrats. So those were decisions that were made not for the betterment of the Republican Party, but for the personal ambition of Kevin McCarthy, and that ended up kneecapping us in some key races. While we're on the topic of congressional leadership, um, if you could share your thoughts on what you think of the on the Senate side. Well, right now, as we are having this discussion, you've got Republican senators that are selling out the country and allowing Nancy Pelosi to rule the budget of the United States with a dead hand for a year. This omnibus spending pa package, supported by Republicans in the United States Senate, means that we will not be able to use the power of the purse as leverage. And if there is any mandate the voters gave in electing a Republican majority in the House, it was to stop this inflation fueled by endless government spending. And so it's really, really awful to see Mitch McConnell, Richard Shelby, Senator Burr, Senator Toomey, I'll name names, teaming up with the Democrats to try to reduce our leverage and to try to allow Nancy Pelosi to rule with a dead hand. It's truly awful. What do you think should be the primary focus of uh, the next Congress? 
well, we've got to help people out from under this crushing inflation. And I think one of the things we could do on that is to have an energy policy that might even get some Democrats to vote for it. Remember, if we're going to get anything to Joe Biden's desk, we got to get Democrats in the United States Senate to vote yes. Now, we got Democrats like Senator Tester and Senator Manchin who are in cycle, who are from energy states. And so if we unleashed American energy with a really bold package out of the House, we could potentially get something done that would help our constituents. We also have to pursue these investigations. I mean, I, I'm very intrigued with this work of the FBI to shape what people are seeing on Twitter. I think that that revelation we got through Twitter file six is could, could be the genesis of its own investigation and really serious work to see, like, why does our national security state think they need to manipulate politics domestically. That could get very ugly. It could be very tough. But I think it's also critical work for the next Congress. That was my next question for you. Where do you expect those investigations to take you? I mean, I believe Elon Musk when he says that Twitter is a crime scene. Uh, we are going to have to talk to the FBI and national security officials who believed that it was their duty to go and tell Twitter what should and should not be on their platform. Who made those calls? Who issued those orders? On what authority do they believe they were acting? And is it still happening today? I mean, we only know this about Twitter because Elon bought Twitter. But if someone had bought Meta, if we got into the real nitty gritty of Google, you would see this same left wing bias. It's why, you know, it's very important that viewers continue to stay connected to real news and real information that where they can analyze sources and compare the quality of arguments because I don't want to live in a world where a bunch of woke-topians in Silicon Valley are shaping the very nature of truth itself. We're already seeing some of your colleagues on the other side starting to justify this. Um, do you think that there is ultimately any justification? Well, justification is sort of the last step in the cope whenever we catch these guys on something bad. You know, first, it's always, whenever I say something like, I don't know, the Wuhan virus started in the Wuhan lab. First, it's a conspiracy theory. Then it's Russian disinformation. Then it's true but justified. So we're sort of in that chapter of the movie now with big tech censorship you know first oh you you conservatives who think you're being shadow banned well you're just conspiracy theorists that's not really happening remember jack dorsey gave that exact testimony before the house of, of representatives and then they say oh no it's really just all the Russian bots that we have to protect you from. I don't know a single American who voted for Donald Trump because of Vladimir Putin, but that was the message and the narrative that Democrats seem to carry forever. And then, yes, this final phase of the argument is, well, we are limiting what you can see. We are suppressing bad information about the Bidens. We are accelerating anything bad about Gates or conservatives. But that's what is really best for you, Americans. And that's why conferences like this are so important. That's why information outlets like this are so important, because we've got to be able to get the truth to people, to wake them up, to engage, so that we can have a country where the values that undergird the Constitution are more important than the terms of service with big tech. Congressman Matt Gates, thank you. Thanks for having me. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.